Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev Pete. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Ready to Mosh. This week we don't have the usual news, reviews, etc. Because we've got a guest interview episode. We spoke to Matt from Nevermind Polly Podcast. We were the first podcast that he has been on to as a guest. And if you look at his podcast, he has interviewed a lot of people. So it was a nice change for him to be on the other side of the microphone. Or yeah. the other end of the microphone. I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah, we had a chat about his podcast, obviously, all things about that. His musical memories, his thoughts on the current music scene, and all sorts of stuff, really. And of course, he faced the quick fire round, so you get to find out all sorts of random things as well. Yeah, and he also supplied uh, recommendations. He did, so that bit is still in the podcast as usual, so you'll find out who he recommends you go and have a listen to at the end. So, without further ado, here he is. Okay, so on this week's episode, we have another guest interview. We have Matt from Nevermind Polly Podcast. How are you doing, Matt? I am so, so good. I'm happy. It's a Saturday. What is the worst that could happen? We were just talking about um, potential audio fuck-ups. It can't be that bad. It's a Saturday, guys. Come on. <laughs> we positive energy. <laughs> I'm good. Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're all good. Thank you. Uh, let's dive straight in. So how did the podcast start? So I'm going to have to dial it back a little bit because podcast is kind of a second wind in terms of online creativeness, basically. Um, So in 2017 to 2020, I was a YouTuber for quotation marks, YouTuber. Um, So basically I'd go to like to download Bloodstock, Reading and Leeds, all those kind of things and vlog my experience much like a lot of people do. So in the vein of um, TPD TV, all those kind of people who do it very, very much better than I ever did. Um, and then kind of I built a, a following and things with that. And then the pandemic kind of hit and kind of put everybody on their ass. And, you know, I was just a, a YouTuber in, in that respect. So it was like, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it was kind of like, oh, I can't go to festivals and do that stuff. Okay, fair enough. We'll do like, so the podcast itself kind of started with myself and uh, a, actually a subscriber of my old YouTube channel, a good friend of mine, Reese, who lives in Wales. And there's a couple of years between us and we sat down over um, Zoom and we were playing um football manager of all things on um twitch and things and we were just talking about metal music and just playing football manager and he was a devotee um swansea boy and i'm like i don't i like football but whatever and it was like cool yeah so we'll manage swansea team and talk about music and then people were like you know you could just sack off the football stuff and just do a podcast and i was kind of like well yeah maybe i'd been asked about a year before if i wanted to do a podcast and i thought well, that could be a cool thing, but who the hell wants to hear this voice talking about fucking shit, I have to say. <laughs> but apparently people do. So it's kind of quite cool. And then after about 10 episodes, it was kind of like, cool, this is really awesome. I want to bring somebody else in to make it a three, to make it a trio, because I think a trio always works quite well on a podcast. And um, we brought our, our mutual friend in, Andy, who, again, done YouTube vlogs and things like that. And he pretty much stole the limelight in the best possible way. Like he showed me up so much the host. I'm so grateful to have him on when he was a part of it. And then it kind of sort of stemmed from there. And the first 
60 episodes was basically me re-standy. I'm very proud of a lot of them. There's a particular one which I suggest people go back. I don't suggest people go back and check it at all. We've done a drunk cast where we spent four hours just <laughs> getting progressively more and more hammered. I dare not listen to it back. I put the beginning intro and the, the outro and I left it. I've never listened to it since. So I probably shouldn't be saying go listen to that one out of the whole catalogue. <laughs> but we moved. That's kind of the origin story, at least, I guess. Okay. So you, um, especially over the last year or so, I've had a lot of guest interviews on now. Yeah, so of who course. Who has been your favourite guest interview so far? Oh, my God, that is a question. Um, okay, so in terms of the guest interviews, let me just, because I'm going to forget somebody, and I don't want to forget. So I've got, like, <laughs> two or three that stick out in my mind that I think about quite regularly. That sounds like a weird sentence. I think about them quite regularly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> already paying myself in a bad light. It's all good. Um, so I, the first one that springs to my mind automatically when you say that is the drummer of Monuments, Mike Mallion, only because he is such an intelligent speaker and he's got such a driving passion for his music. And it was kind of a case of, I sort of said to him, like, I think the question was something along the lines of what does kind of music mean to you? What does drumming mean to you? And he just floored me with his answer. It was like this five minute, like monologue about why he loved playing the drums. And it was like, oh, fuck, I wasn't expecting, like, I genuinely, as you can probably tell, I'm a man who's very <laughs> rarely lost for words. So it was kind of like, oh shit, like that was, that was awesome. Um, bands that spring to mind so that's first one i have to do a shout out although i begrudgingly do it because connor from condra has been a fucking absolute hero and again that's a quite a funny story how we kind of met so download pilot um i've been a fan of condra yeah. for a long time and i was wearing a condra hoodie and he was base checking like obviously when they do a sound check before the show and things and he looked like a rabbit in the headlights. That is the only way I could describe it. And we sort of locked <laughs> eyes at each other. And he saw my shirt. I saw him and was like, you're right? You good? And he's like, yeah, a little bit nervous. Yeah. And I was like, you'll be fine. And that was all we said to each other. And then he was doing Twitch at the time. And I jumped on his Twitch and was like, by the way, you were sick. And he was like, oh, amazing. Anyway, followed each other back on Instagram and stuff. And we were just like, Okay, so the two previous co-hosts went on to do different things and other things, and it was kind of like, I like doing the podcast. I need to do it with somebody because I have this creativity in me that I need to do something with. So I just reached out to him and was like, yo, mate, do you fancy jumping on like a Zoom call? We'll just have a natter for like an hour. And he was like, yeah, sure. And that started the whole ball rolling. So although I say I begrudgingly talk about Condra because they know it's all love. Like, it's very funny. Like, so I actually um, got to meet connor in person at um what was it uh, arc tangent festival and i interviewed dan and it was kind of just a funny thing where it was like oh okay yeah like i'll conjure oh yeah these fucking guys again like <laughs> so like they're they're the longest standing they've been on three times they're matched with harriet who've been on the three times and again they're a fantastic chat but if i had to pick one i would say either it would be mike from monuments or um the rapper strange famous um representative uh sage francis so he's an underground hip-hop rapper which probably no one has ever heard of but his music is awe-inspiring to me i've got like lyrics on my leg tattooed and i've got like artwork of his in my house and it's kind of like when he sat down on the zoom the first thing i was like welcome to the number one podcast um sage francis he went hello matt bacon and i literally was just like Okay, that's a weird sentence like I didn't think you'd be saying. But yeah, so to answer it in a roundabout way, I guess I would be Mike or probably Sage would be my two 
up their highlights and see Jay from Night as Murder because he's just a fucking dude. <laughs> I hope we're allowed to swear on this as well. I do apologise if we're not. <laughs> yeah, you, you can say anything you want. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. So do you prefer the face-to-face interviews or do you prefer the online ones? What was the adjustment like? So the adjustment, that's a bloody good question. The, the adjustment was... So I've only ever done face-to-face stuff at um, Arc Tangent, which I went to this year. And it was a very weird juxtaposition because I, again, like it's kind of like meeting your heroes. When you're on a Zoom call, I can kind of like, because I have two screens, so I've I've got notes on one and then obviously the call on another. I can kind of like, I'm listening to what they're saying, but like 60% of me is diverting to the notes and going, yeah, you're talking, I'm listening, yeah. I'm listening to your answer, but I'm also doing this over here. When it's face-to-face, I'm locking eyes with somebody who, you know, so um, I had the first interview I'd done at Arc Tangent was with a band called Skin Failure. And the lead singer of Skin Failure used to be in a band called Black Peaks, who I am a huge fan of. And I'm sat across from Will... Yeah, we look at yeah, I'm sat there across the across the uh, the table from Will from Black Peaks, and I'm gone. And he's just like, they've they done everything to try and throw me off. Like they were the, the most hilarious guys, but they were just clearly in a pie mood <laughs> wanting to be at a festival. And I'm like, so what's it like, like making your music? And it's like, it's fucking great, man. I'm like, <laughs> put on these accents and stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. But um, it's a lot easier, I think, because they can understand me as a person, if that makes sense. I feel like sometimes I get, yeah. I've definitely found, and this isn't throwing shade at anybody, but like the more serious the music the band plays, if you're talking like a death metal band, sometimes they don't have as much chill and I don't quite gel with them as much. But if I talk to a pop punk band, Mm. for example, they're instantly like high octane. They get what it's about, if that makes sense. I always try and, um, I always try and say to them, I'm in no way a journalist. I'm just simply a fan of music who's somehow fallen into this position and I'm not here to trip you up or anything like that. And they're like, Okay. And you can see their cogs in their head working on why is he talking to me? Or this could be fun. <laughs> like either either one, like they try and figure it out. But um yeah, it, it is it's a lot different is the answer, but um it's fun on both on both aspects. Okay, I know you've just mentioned a few what could be classed as awkward moments, but have you had mm. any other particularly awkward moments during interviews, uh, either online or face to face? Yeah, no, I've I've got a brilliant one. So I don't know how familiar you guys are with the band Violence. They're a, band, they're a thrash metal band from like yeah. the early 80s. I had Sean on the podcast, the vocalist, and um, Phil Demmel, who used to play in Machine Head, was, is in Violence. That's where most people probably yeah. know that band from. And um, it was what I call one of the lost episodes because we talked about Wi-Fi before we started. We had a technical nightmare doing that podcast to begin with. And I just got this new setup, new like mic and everything. And I was like, okay, everything be fine. What I had failed to realize was I had completely cut off his audio on the record. So it was just oh, no. 45 minutes of me just talking, waiting for a response where there's dead air and then me responding to myself, which was fine. That's <laughs> not the most awkward part by that. Again, it was kind of, he had just come out in the press and saying about being an anti-vaxxer and all this kind of thing. And I'm like, my podcast doesn't really touch on politics and things like that. Cause it's a, I'm not like, educated enough to, to touch on it. And B, it's not really why the band are there or why I'm there. But I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, and I sort of like pressed him about the EP and the music. And he just sort of, his whole rhetoric was about, 
you know, COVID and the, the pandemic. And it was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, when, when I sat down and listened to it, I was like, there's no audio. That's kind of good. I can kind of like push this as like this whole <laughs> lost episode that never happened. And um, the PR person was like, oh, did this go okay? Da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, it went really well, except like it's only going to be me and him who ever hear this conversation. <laughs> and it was kind of like, do you want to redo it? And I was like, mm, it's, not that I it's not that I don't want to redo it. It's just, let's leave it. Let's leave this one. <laughs> was kind of, yeah. kind of my, my thing on that. But um, yeah, so I've had a couple of, awkward sort of techie moments more than anything else i've forgotten bands albums before that's always fun i've called people the wrong names but again i think a lot of (laughs) i I preface all of this at the start and when i say that i'm not a journalist i'm just (laughs) and that kind of gets out of a lot of scrapes and i'm like so the the record's called this right and they're like uh no and i'm like okay this is the third podcast i've done today so please bear with me as I change the notes for this. <laughs> they, they kind of bear with me a little bit, which is cool. So, <laughs> Oh, is it me? It's you. It's you. Oh, yeah. So it is. <laughs> um, so you've spoke about some of the bands that you've interviewed and that you've had on. Mm. Who would be your dream interview? Ah, oh, yes. Okay, so my, my dream interview, there's two answers to this. My dream interview is someone who I there is a potential... Like there's a story to be spun from a journalistic point of view. Like I'd like to have someone who I could challenge, for example. So I got sent an email about the drummer who was previously in Emperor um, Faust. I don't know if you guys are aware of him. Anyway, he was sent to prison basically in like the mid nineties for murdering uh, a gay man in Sweden, I think somewhere in that corner of the world. Anyway, he's now out of prison like whatever and he's now making music that would be an interview that i wouldn't take but at the same time it would be a case of i'd want to press him on those issues from like just from a a point of view of saying well how do you like and uh, so um tim lambesis from azalea dying it would be a, a kind of a character i'd like to chat to as well because again i wouldn't want to have them on unless we could talk about those things because you know it's from from a storytelling, from a journalist, from a podcasting point of view. That's kind of the whole point of it, I guess, and, and the purpose of it. But um, I guess my my dream guest, if I had to to pick, would probably be. It's really generic and really obvious, but I'd probably say someone massive like Corey Taylor would be an icon. But then again, I think Corey Taylor's probably been asked everything at this point. I don't think I would struggle to find any kind of answer or question that man hasn't been asked in his career. But yeah, I, I think I would like, if it was looking on that tangent, I would probably ask, get like Craig, the keyboardist of Slipknot to come on. Because A, he's never done press. And he'd probably just sit there muted on this podcast and be like, so Craig, what's it like being in a Slipknot? And he would just sit there in full mask and not say anything. I'm like, Great talk. That would be interview, but also one of the best. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's there's a, there's a distinct line between whether you want to push for like a story or like in a journalist point of view, or just talk to someone who you're really really invested in, and like someone like say Corey Taylor or uh, James Hetfield would be a really obvious choice because again, just two of the biggest bands and two of my favorite bands. But actually, I've thought about it. The dream answer is either Enter Shikairi or Creeper, because they are my favourite bands. And they are like 
what I would call in the realms of gettable in that <laughs> like um yeah. so in Shikari I've had talks with various people and management and at the time they couldn't do it and I dare not ask anymore because if they ever said yes I don't know if I'd be able to do it I don't know if I'd be able to sit across <laughs> on a zoom call with Raul Reynolds let alone in the same room as him because that man is a genius in my opinion <laughs> yeah no fully, fully on board with that yeah, we spoke absolutely. to Raul the pilot, and he's a really nice guy. Yeah, fantastic. He's yeah. to be. You know what? I, me and Julian, the drummer of Heliot, um, Heliot, Heriot, even we had a bit of a, a shakiri off when we were, we were back and forth at um, Arc Tangent, and he said, oh, "I said who's I said oh, who's like your favorite band?" We said, "Off mic, like who isn't like a heavy metal band?" Quote unquote. And he's like, "And shakiri," and I'm like, "Oh my god, same." And he's like, and I said to him, "Yeah, I've seen him like twelve times," and he's like, "Try nearly 30. and I was like okay you win like we're having like top trumps wow. like who's in the band more like so that's quite fun but yeah um i hope that answers the question again i talk way too much i do apologize <laughs> that's absolutely fine absolutely fine i think it's time for the quick fire it's round, it. isn't it so okay amazing i'll try and keep this quick then <laughs> so the quick fire round it's a series of questions and mm-hmm. they are all very random Go on. Uh, yeah. Don't give them too much thought. Just think of the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, I like okay. I like this. Yeah, go on. I'm all there. I'm ready. The first one is: What was the first album you owned? So the first. This isn't an album, but it is the first CD, I guess. Actually, no, that's, that's the wrong question, isn't it? So yeah, the first album I owned, I guess, would have been Green Day's American Idiot. Would have been the first proper album that I was given yeah. as like mm-hmm. my own. And that was how this whole trajectory yeah. started into this madhouse. <laughs> but um, yeah, the first, the first that makes single, me feel so old. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the first single I ever sort of bought or, or album I bought with my own money was um, the the single of "Like Toy Soldiers" by Eminem, which I'm immensely happy yeah. about. But also, kind of like that's a strange starting point. But I heard. Um, Oh, what the hell's the song? The Real Sim Shady on the radio. But of course, it was the radio version where all the yeah. swearing had been cut out. And so I bought, I was like, oh, like, Toy Soldiers, that'd be cool. Put that in the CD player. Got swiftly taken away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Little did my parents know what was going to happen after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's where it all starts. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what would be your death row meal? So you get a starter, a main, dessert, and a drink. Oh, that is a great question. Okay, so... For non-visual uh, people, basically, I'm a chunky lad. Chunky, not fat. That's the way, that's the way forward. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my my death row meal would be, for a starter, oh, my God, that is a question. Okay, so I'm going to skip the scar- starter for a second. I'm going to go for a main. It sounds really basic, but a really good surf and turf, like steak, scampi, chips, fries, the whole nine yards. Got to be cooked medium rare gonna go rare if it's my last one i'm having it rare fuck it why not go out with a bang okay. um and then pudding anything chocolatey anything covered in chocolate i've just I, i'm a fiend for chocolate in <laughs> fact i might just have chocolate that might be my last thing that uh as for starter um i don't know i probably i don't know that's proper stump me i'm gonna go with i'm probably would change it but i'm probably gonna go with soup or something oh, god that's so boring <laughs> literally <laughs> i can't think of anything off the top of my head for like a start yeah so we'll say soup 
uh, surf and turf, and then chocolate for my, for my end meal. That sounds good. <laughs> and what, what drink would you go for? Oh, what drink? Okay, um, I'd have to go with a... If it's my last thing, I'd have to go with a single malt scotch. If it's the last thing I'm, if it's the last thing I'm having, then I'm definitely having one of them. Or maybe two, because I'm going to have to die, so I'll have two. <laughs> <laughs> a, re- a really big one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely a double barkey, please. <laughs> and what was the first gig that you went to? Okay, the first gig, I even know the date of this, was the 5th of October 2008 at Norwich UEA. I went to go and see Dragon Force because, and this is mental, this story, it's a Dragon Force with Tour Assassin's support. Now, at the time, gigs when I was back then was you had to be 14 to go to your like local venue. Yeah. And I turned 14 and my dad was like, I'll take you to one show for your birthday. And I said, okay. We looked on the website and he said he'd selected three bands that I was allowed to see. And now looking back, this is a mental fucking choice that I got so wrong, but we move forward. <laughs> Avenge Sevenfold, on, which would have been on Wake in the Fallen. Oh, okay. Um, Rise Against, who would have been on um, the one with uh, Saviour and Hero of War, which uh, Appeal to Reason, there we go, that's going to come to me, or Dragon Force, because Through the Fire and Flames was massive and Guitar Hero 3 and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. So naturally, I went with Dragon Force, which looking back at it, I'm like, I'm such a fucking idiot. Don't know why I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... They're, they're a perfectly fine band, but yeah, Avenged Sevenfold or Waking the Falling would have been a lot better. But um, my dad yeah. is, a, is, a, is a proper old school rocker, and he only describes seeing Dragon Force as putting pencils in his ears, which as an older like <laughs> older person now, I can totally understand his train of thought with that. But at the time, I'm like, yay, whittling guitar solos, fucking get in. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, like you said about the Guitar Hero section as well, that, mm. they, that they were on. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It, it was just huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's in fact, I still have the tour shirt from that, and I keep like like a lot of rock and metal fans. I keep a lot of my tour shirts, but that's one that I'll never throw away. I mean, it's in a medium. I mean, I'm going to struggle to get into a medium anytime soon, but I'm not going to get rid of it just in case. You know, I suddenly drop like three or four t-shirt sizes, but it's not going to happen. But anyway, <laughs> just for the sentimental value. Um, what are your favorite crisps? Oh, that is a good shout. Okay, so I'm a bit of a... This sounds like such a wanky thing to say. I'm a bit of a connoisseur of crisps. I love crisps. But then I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to dive bomb it by saying my favourite crisps probably are a skip, which is not a highbrow crisp. Wow, that's left field? Uh, That is left field? Okay, I'll take that. If it's left field, I just... Because basically... Well, I was about to say I'm 30. I'm 29. I'm going to be 30 in March, but... I'm basically a man-child at this point. Like, I have, like, the <laughs> Simpsons tattooed on me. I watch cartoons. I'm basically a Steel Panther lyric, except sluts don't polish my dog. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Couldn't resist. But, no, basically, <laughs> I always... So, my um my younger sister, who's four years younger than me, she says to me, your 18-month-year-old um, nephew has got a better diet than you. And I'm like, yeah, it's because he's 18 months and you're feeding him. That's why. That's why he's got better. He was like, that's not the argument. And I'm like, doesn't matter. But yeah, no crisps. Um, so yeah, probably skips. Or Walker baked cheese and onion. God, they're, they're good. I fuck with them. <laughs> really? I, you see, I'd have never gone for a... I've never... 
I used to eat the baked ones, but I've never been a big baked fan. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the illusion that they're more healthy. And then what that means is <laughs> so I can need to have as many. <laughs> exactly that. I can have two packets and think, well, it's, they're healthy. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> food, food is the only thing you can do that with. It's not like you can go, oh, it's like um, it's low, low, uh, low carb heroin. I can have two of them because they're low carb. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. Like no other thing you can get away with that. So anyway, sorry, I'm derailing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And what would be your dream tour lineup? So probably about headline and maybe two or three support acts, or well, as many as you want, really. Um, I I think I have the answer for this, and this uh, this answer has been kind of announced in the last couple of days, and it is Download Festival this year, which pains me that I don't think I'm going to be able to make okay. it this year. But it's fucking incredible, like it's so good. So again, I my second ever gig was Bring Me the Horizon. And I've seen Bring Me the Horizon do tiny little club shows all the way up to headlining All Points East, Reading and Leeds, things like that. And I'm such a big advocate of that band. So them, Metallica being my first real heavy metal love and Slipknot, just being Slipknot. And then throwing Ghost, Architects, Alexis on Fire, Evanescence, like you name them, just throw. Basically, Download have done what Hellfest done a few years ago and gone, every band, please, here's all the money. And like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. But funnily enough, someone on another podcast um, mentioned something really, really glaringly obvious, but no one's picked up, at least I've heard say that the fact is that there is no quote unquote dad rock bands on this poster yet. There's no White Snake. There's no like them damn crows. It's all like 21st century bands being like Architects, Alexis on Fire, um, Evanescence, Ghost. God, I'm trying to wrap my brain. Who's on the lineup now? Uh, yeah, but they're like the majority of them are like what you'd call newer bands as opposed to, yeah, Metallica are like the oldest ones out of their kind of school, if that makes sense, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so yeah it's basically as if I downloaded Download Festival and gone, there you go, it's on Saturn now. <laughs> So it's, it's awesome. But yeah, to, to answer the question properly, I think it would be Metallica because they're just fucking great. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, Metallica, Creeper, because I love Creeper so much and I'm dying to see them like in about four or five years, maybe six years, when they've got a proper catalogue of material. They've got a catalogue now, but like where they can be in a headline status would be amazing. Um, and then I would say probably ghost because i fucking love ghost they're such a yeah. good band and i feel such a tit because i left their headline set at bloodstock festival because they played square hammer first and that was the only real song i knew and i was like ah oh, should we just go then because they've played the big hit oh no what an absolute mug for doing that it was only like what six weeks later that i got into them it was about six weeks later i got into them and was like Oh, this band! This band is fucking incredible, and I'm like just totally yeah. Anyway, I rectified it. It's all good. So I've seen them since. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good lineup because I'm a big Ghost fan, a big Creep fan, and yeah, yeah, Metallica since whenever really. Like you Absolutely. said, one of the first ones really got into. So I would come to that gig. Absolutely, it sounds like yeah. good. <laughs> um, so on the subject of gigs, what would be your pre-gig drink? Okay, um, so drinking yeah. at gigs. So generally speaking, the last couple of years, I haven't really um, been drinking, just not through any kind of reason, but just getting older and 
once I kind of get, like a lot of people, if I have a nice drink of something, I'm like, I'll have that again. Like you do, if you get a nice beer, if you get a nice lager or a nice cider, or if you're a spirits person, I'll have a nice one of them. I can't deal with hangovers. I'm so close to being 30. And I think (laughs) once I go over that precipice, it's like, there's no going back. But I've been really getting into the like hard seltzers, especially White Claw, because it just tastes like water. It's got next to no calories, but it gets you mullered. So if I had to take <laughs> yeah. a drink, it would probably be just a jug of I quite like the um the lime ones quite nice. That full of ice and just white claw, that'd be my my pre-drink of choice. But it, it's a it's a silent assassin, just gets you really drunk really quickly, but you don't know you're getting drunk because it's basically just water with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah. It is a very dangerous. It used to be vodka back in the day of saying, oh, you can't really taste vodka if you get nice vodka, but now it's white claw 100%. But it is good. Mm, yeah, I'm a one of the black cherry one myself. Mm, I love the black cherry one. It's real um, nice. Next one is, what biscuit would you be if you were a biscuit? Oh, easy. I'm a fucking bourbon. I'm hard as nails of bourbon. You try, like, I know the whole joke about the um, the dunkable um, hobnob rich tea. Is it rich tea or Bourbon, that's Bourbon, isn't it, with Peter K. Jokes. I dunk me again. It's Bourbon. Because it's all about the flavour as well as the dunkableness. 100%. Fair enough. Uh, what was the last song you listened to? Ah, oh, that is a good question. Okay, so I got to preface this and say that I work in a pub. So I have to have it sort of pub friendly. But what was this last thing I listened to? <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, so the last thing I listened to was a, a Kiss from a Rose of all songs. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I know. So, again, just work sensitive listening abilities to like be a pub that doesn't offend a load of old people that I have to come like feed and stuff. So, yeah, Kiss from a yeah, Rose, you, which you, is you, a banger. Sorry, say that again? I was saying, a Kiss from a Rose is a banger, to be fair. But um, yeah, that was that was the that was the last thing I listened to. Not by choice, just because it needs to be a work friendly <laughs> playlist. If it had it my way, <laughs> yeah, if I had it my way, it'd be Cannibal Corpse every time. Like, but you know, <laughs> we wouldn't get any, we wouldn't get any customers that way. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, that was the quick fire round. So we'll get Amazing. back into back some of the normal questions. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what is the music scene like in Norwich in terms of your venues? Do you get a lot of bands coming through? We are incredibly lucky in Norwich. Um, We're so, so lucky. So we've got the, the, obviously the University of UEA gets quite a few bands. Um, We generally get like, so the UEA is about 1,500 people. So we generally get bands that are like either on the rise towards like places like Brixton, which is like 5,000, but sometimes bands who will do like Ali Pali. So Enter Shakira are a brilliant example. They'll always come back to Norwich or so it seems. They'll always do like a big run and then do like a small run of smaller shows, which always is great. But uh, Enter Shakira always seem to sell it out and then they seem to like find like a few sneaky tickets behind the back of the sofa because it's always like <laughs> rammed beyond ram that it's yeah. like this is like if we need to get in a hurry there's going to be like a serious incident here. <laughs> but we all work with it but um and then going down from there you've got like the waterfront which is like uh about 900 
and then upstairs is 200 and then all the way down to like the brick makers which is a pub in norwich which i love and um yeah they've they had um ginger wildheart come play there a couple of weeks back um with his solo material uh, so that was really cool and just yeah the the healthy like it's a health quite healthy scene in norwich for like bands who like local and things like that but also the underground gets quite a good look in so we get a nice mixture of obviously established as well as the smaller bands as well so it's a real nice mixture okay so what's been the music highlight of the year for you oh my god now you're asking the questions um the music highlight of the year yeah so it would probably be i was just trying to think what what's happened this year the years because of covid have kind of like intertwined to each other and sort of gets a bit confusing i would probably say bloodstock this year was my highlight of the year only because it was just all with my friends and I'm going to say it as a British person. It was too fucking hot. Like it was too hot. And it I know was, that's, no, was too hot, yeah. that's no one's fault, but fuck me, it was hot. And yeah, just being with my friends and just seeing some of the best metal bands around. Arctangent going to like my first festival as quote unquote press was amazing. And yeah, if you're into that kind of more post-rocky stuff is fantastic as a festival and even if you're not if you just want to go for a festival for a weekend it's a brilliant festival but yeah i think probably bloodstock takes the highlight and again i don't i don't tend to have too much bias but bloodstock is just in my opinion one of the best because they book the best bands and yeah it's just great it's a great vibe always even when the sun is really hot (laughs) yeah the the lineup for this year was exceptional and mm. i think we would have watched twice as many bands as we did mm-hmm. if it wasn't for sure. the heat the, the heat was yeah. insane so i i had a, i had a moment when i was uh in the tent watching harriet and again i use the word friends very loosely but again they've been on the podcast a couple of times we back and forth with various uh, various social media and stuff so i kind of was in the tent on the barrier and they sort of walked up to the sound check and i was like waving them like making eyes hey right you know and after about two songs, I was just like, it is fucking sweltering in here. And I was like on the verge of like either passing out or being sick. And I just sort of like, I kind of like caught them all. And I was like, bye guys, I'm going to go because I need to just. Um, but yeah, I think the musical highlight was probably seeing Machine Head in that tent was just fucking brilliant. And I know a lot of people were a little bit annoyed because they couldn't get into the tent and various other things. And they should have been on the main stage. But I think the way they've done it is just saying, well, here's just something extra because they're here anyway. Yeah. We'll just do an extra thing. It's just cool. So yeah, it was very good. It was very good. What would you say was the best live performance you've ever seen? Crikey. That is a fucking question. Um, best live performance I've ever seen. I, I'm going to have to say it's, I'm sorry if any of any Chicago listen, I love you dearly, but it's going to have to be Metallica only because I was living out my 16-year-old fantasies the, the the twice that I've seen them. And you know what the mental thing is? So I went with my friend um, Terry to the Twickenham show. So it was the second time I see them. And Twickenham is such a pain. In the, London in itself is a pain in the ass. But Twickenham, especially being the other side of London, getting out there, it was just like, okay, should we just go before Enter Sandman because we've all like as rock fans I feel like the collectively the majority there's a few songs which we can just write off of never hear again like I'm throwing Enter Sandman in there I'm gonna throw in like Smells Like Teen Spirit I never have to hear these songs ever again because but as soon as that intro came in I started walking away and went 
who the fuck am I kidding? And just ran back towards the stage and just had like three and a half minutes of the best time. But um, yeah, so probably the best band I've ever seen would have been Metallica. But I think a few honorable mentions have to go out to people like and Shikari, obviously, Creeper, Ramstein, who I've yet to see Ramstein at their own show because my, my other half, Rebecca, tells me all the time, she's like, yeah, you've not seen anything in comparison to their own show. And I'm like, I know. I really need to go and see them at their own show. But um, yeah, there's so many there's so many great bands and there's so many bands who I love for different reasons. But I think Ghosts are probably up there as well because they, they're sort of blurring the lines between what is theatre and what is actually music or like a conventional concert. Yeah. I felt like I had a, like an experience as opposed to anything else. But um, yeah, going back on the kind of teenage thing, seeing Linkin Park when Chester was alive in 2014 slash 15 was like a bit of a, a, an experience because again, it was just like these songs are huge. And obviously what happened to Chester is incredibly sad. And it was like, oh, well, there's no more Linkin Park. I, I got the one chance to go and see them. And I'm kind of grateful for that. You know, because I, I take away the fact that my parents had me too late. I should have been born in the eighties. I could have seen Nevermind and <laughs> seen like Nirvana. The whole bloody podcast is based on. Would have been fine, but alas, we move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already know the answer to this, but mm. what is your favorite festival that you've been to? Yeah, um, it's gonna like I have such love for Slam Dunk and Download uh, Arc Tangent, but I think it is bloodstock and the reason for that is just the the layout of it is brilliant it's not too small it's not too big it's it's the the classic um three bears tale of saying this one's too small this one's too large this one's just right It, it just is and it has its problems like you know there's there's certain things that have been said and whatever else it doesn't always get it right all of the time but then i think it's not a faceless thing like download is, for example. You know, we can throw as much yeah. shade as you want at Andy Copping, but like he's only one part of a very big machine. Whereas if you're going yeah. after Adam or Vicky, it's kind of like, well, there's only like another two or three people that work for that festival. So like they are only human and they do get things wrong occasionally. So that's kind of a bit hard to take. But as a general festival vibe and everything else, and the festival itself is generally uh, bloodstock, I'd say. Is there, is there a favourite year for Bloodstock as well? Ooh, um, I I think it's probably this year would be my favourite. So 2017 was kind of like glass-eyed going to your first new festival and experiencing everything for the first time. That was really cool. 2018 was a particularly strong year. 2019, again, was... 2019 was the year that Parkway Drive ordered a hurricane just before their set, which was always fun. Um, <laughs> when when they when I had uh, Adam on the podcast to have a chat sort of about Bloodstock and stuff, he said that it was something like they only used about 80% of their pyro. And I was like, that's 80% of what they had? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that, like you know, when you've got flames going sideways into the crowd, when they're meant to be going vertically, yeah. it's like... Jesus, there was a bit of touch and go with those things. But yeah, um, I think probably this year, just because of, you know, it's a giant party at the end of the day. 
And, you know, the sun, as much as we whinge about being way too hot, it's better than being caked in mud. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Every, and, every being drenched. And next question was going to be your thoughts on the download lineup, but we've already kind of touched on yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's great. The next one. <laughs> um, have you got any other festivals or gigs planned for the next year? Um, so basically in terms of festivals and gigs and things, it's, I would love to go to download. That's my, that's my big one. But you know, I've got to be really honest with myself. And I had a conversation with my other half. So I live obviously in near Norwich. My other half lives in Barnsley near Sheffield and she's moving in as of January to here and, and uprooting her whole life and everything else for me, which is mental because this face. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big, that's a big change. Yeah, literally. So we've been together like eight months and she's like what you would call a worldie, just like everything. You know what I mean? And it's like the perfect, the perfect small, tiny package. Cause she's a tiny human, but, um, <laughs> not that she's a child or anything like that. God, don't take that out of context. <laughs> Crikey, make a rod for my own back with this podcast at the moment. <laughs> um, but no, so I think from like, not to take it too serious or anything like that, but like I do this podcast as the joy of doing it. I make a small amount of money from it. So like anything that gets thrown my way, like Arctangent and working with those guys and, and the PR people behind that and saying, yeah, we'll we'll give you a press ticket and you can then interview the bands and technically work it. It's like that's amazing. But obviously what you what people don't tend to see is the, obviously the the travel to get down there, the cost of like any accommodation. I mean, I, I roughed it in a in a two man tent I bought from Halfords for like twenty quid. I had the worst sleep yeah. ever, but you know, it needs must and things <laughs> like that. So um in terms of festivals going forward, Bloodstock I think is pretty much on the cards. Enter Chicago a slam dunk, so I really want to go to that, but we'll see. And then just general gigs and things, I don't think I've got anything, but the hardest thing about, and this is such a uh, a first world problem, is doing this podcast and interviewing bands is the amount of press tickets I get given or asked if I want, would you like to attend X gig in London? And I'm like, I would love to, but I can't get, I can get there, but it's time off work and it's a whole thing. And it's like, oh, don't reply to it. Cause if you reply to it, they'll say yes, and then I can't go, and it's a whole thing. But um, yeah, so download is one I'd love to go to, but I think ultimately it probably will be Bloodstock But um, this year that yeah. I end up going to. Because I've got Killswitch Engage headlining, and I cannot wait for that. Love me some Killswitch Engage. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it, the Bloodstock one does look really good this year. It looks really, Probably really good. So looks really, really good. Okay, so final question. If you could give a recommendation for a small band, you know, somebody that you're really into that maybe not many people have heard of, um, yeah. who would it be? Okay, okay. Let me just, let me just, because it's terrible. I could just say people I like, and that's going to be good. But so music, generally speaking, is there's a lot of genres there's a lot of boxes the bands sit in so yep. i've got a few so if you're into your really heavy and i mean like proper dirty dirty guitars like in your face harriet is got to be up there they are the nicest bunch of people uh, they've actually had to cut their zionada tour short um due to illness which is really shit 
And again, it was one of those things like, oh, do you come into the show in Colchester, which is about 50 miles from me? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And then I couldn't get the day off work. And I'm like, oh, that's so fucking shit. Ugh. But <laughs> um, so that, that um, if you're into like your pop punk kind of stuff, um, there's a band who I've had on previously uh, called Betty Ray's. They are an Australian sort of punky rock band. They're really, really great. Um, I felt really bad for them because I ended up doing that podcast at like quarter to midnight and I was dead. I was proper dead behind <laughs> the eyes. And I was just gone, oh, I'm just like going to ask the questions. My eyes aren't quite open yet. And it's, yeah, so, but bands who might not know, I'm going to say the one, the one that I would recommend for people to go and check out, and it's only because Halloween has just sort of passed. And it's not if people don't know them, because I think a lot of people do know them, but Einstein Kills are wicked. Yeah. Their album, Welcome to Horrorwood, was my favorite album of the year it came out, just because it's over-the-top horror metalcore, but done really, really well. And there is a... I'm going to really nerd out on this bit, sorry. There is a song on there called... Um, it's basically based off the um, the film my bloody valentine i can't think what the bloody hell the song's called now give me two seconds let me find it but anyway there is a there is a guitar break in there followed by a snare and it goes into like this 4-4 chuggy metallica riff and it's ju- it just yeah. gives me life every single time <laughs> and it's just like i could i just listen to the whole song i'm like just play that tiny little snippet again and it just goes into this 4-4 riff it's so fucking good yeah basically creeper and shikari harriet uh, God, I'm fucking failing so bad at my job. Condra, obviously. Betty Ray's Eat Your Heart Out, Bloodbath. So many fantastic bands. Basically, and this isn't a plug or anything, look back at my catalogue because I don't generally have on people I don't like. There's, there's one particular band who I tease a lot of people by saying they've approached me and said, we'd like to come on your podcast. And I just basically stuck the middle finger up and went, no, you're all right. Because... I just don't believe that money can buy your way into the industry. Yeah. But that's for another day. And you know what? That's going to trigger so many people. I'm going, who is it? Who is it? And I'm like, if you don't know who it is, the problem's kind of on you for not knowing who it is at this point. They, they played a lot of, um, <laughs> they played a lot of festivals with no album out at the time. And it was kind of like, you've got way too much profile for a band who've got nothing going on. So yeah, <laughs> But we'll leave that there. <laughs> so I hope that kind of answers the question. And I do apologize to everyone. If you, if anyone's still listening to this, I'm sorry. I talk way too much. It's my fucking ADHD brain just goes. Uh, sorry, that was really loud. So sorry for your listeners. <laughs> ROP, all headphone listeners. You're probably dead by now. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for the interview, Matt. You're fine. And more than welcome. Yeah, everybody... Go if you're not already listening to Nevermind Polly, go and listen to Nevermind Polly. Follow Matt on all the usual socials. It's a great podcast. And yeah, so once again, thank you very much. Honestly, if you want to hear a man just talk some shit with your favorite bands, it's the podcast to be at. <laughs> I might use that as the new tagline. <laughs> I just chat shit <laughs> with your favorite bands. <laughs> Pretend like I'm a journalist. But yeah, thank you so much, guys. Um, yeah, ready to moshes fucking great and i think a lot of people think that podcasts are in direct competition with each other we're not like we just do different things and there's there's such space for everybody basically 
And you know what? If it's if it's all shining a collective light on rock and metal and rock and metal music, that's a good thing. So yeah, basically just keep doing what you're doing. You're fucking smashing as well. Look at us just complimenting each other. It's Thank cute, you. isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. It was a fantastic interview with Matt. So make sure you check out Nevermind Polly. It's a great podcast. He's interviewed loads of bands. Don't forget, you can catch us on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok at Ready to Mosh. And on Instagram and Twitter, it's Ready to Moshcast. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Make it stop, Moog.